0: Hello everyone, welcome to Ethiopian Economics Explained podcast, this is your host Emmanuel. In this podcast, we will explore the, the economy of Ethiopia, a very interesting and strategic country in the whole of Africa. Before talking economics, let's explore Ethiopia's moder- modern history because it's important to uh, our exploration. So, uh, the long-term imperial regime, the Ethiopian government, which practiced a mixed of feudal capitalist economy, was overthrown by a military junta in the mi- in the mid-1970s under the leadership of uh, uh, a former military general Mengistu Haile The Their regime ruled the country. Uh, from 1970 through 1991, this regime brought a lot of bloodshed and fo- followed the socialism or uh, communism principle of the Eastern Bloc uh, during the Cold War. Under this regime, the Ethiopian economy and the institutions al- at large faced a lot of uh, pressure, along with the emergence of ethnic guerrilla fighters. This Derg regime was also overthrown by one of one of these ethnic guerrilla fight- fighters named the TPLF the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front in 1981. Then the, T- the TPLF formed a transitional government by, pract- by participating in other ethnic-based movements. However, the uh, stronghold of the government was under Mala Senawi, the main actor of the TPLF, till until uh, his death, and uh, the TPLF maintained that stronghold uh, until 2018. This regime stayed in power with a lot of pol- political, uh, economic, and social corruption. Uh, TPLF led the EPDRF, e- the Ethiopian People's uh, Revolutionary Democratic F- Front Regime, followed a, uh, which followed a socialist ideology for the first 10 years, then revised a little bit of its ideology and introduced a state development plan with uh, with the participation of the private sector. And during this period, uh, the population of the country incre- increased from 48 million to 108 million. Um, and to date, uh, the average age of Ethiopia is around 19, uh, 19 years old. And 70% of uh, the population is is under 30. Uh, and in this time period also, the GDP of the country rose to... $95 billion in 2019 from its base of $13 billion in 1991. And life expectancy rose from 47 years of age to 65. So what does the current state of Ethiopia Ethiopia looks like, you ask. So the current regime is a follow-up of the EPRDF regime with some modifications on the power balance and economic and on its economic and social policy. Some of the, some examples can be enhanced space for dialogue by releasing political presidents and inviting opposition parties from all over the world. This regime is headed by the, pro- the progressive Dr. Abiy Ahmed. And the overall... Economic and social, uh, social and political uh, atmosphere of the country looks uh, looks like this. So there's uh, agriculture is still the me- the mainstay of the uh, the Ethiopian population, and the productivity and the production of agricultural agricultural and allied sectors are still very weak. Uh, the manufacturing sector, which encompasses heavy industry is at, his, it, at its infancy stage and its contribution to the GDP of Ethiopia is insignificant. The service sector makes a relatively better co- contribution to the GDP. Um, the ease of doing business, foreign exchange shortage, power shortage, and, other, uh, and others are the major impotence for the growth of the Ethiopia's economy. Human development, including access to education, health services, water, electricity, telecom, and others are improving but it requires uh, it rec- but it requires attention in the quality of uh, its delivery all these lead to low economic development and rampant unemployment and poverty this regime uh, the current one brought several positive changes to address these problems uh, and this uh, this includes uh, introducing economic reform and working with institutional deve- development issues more importantly they conducted uh, macroeconomic reform, especially to correct foreign exchange imbalances, to control inflation, to improve access to finance and to ensure debt uh, sustainability. These efforts to build the confidence on uh, foreign investors and the economy at large. Uh, And this uh, this conducted structural reforms to ease business constraints and hence rebalance the growth and uh, enhance productivity in the country. And it's also uh, conducted sectoral reforms to address sector-specific institutional and market failures, since there is a quite significant institutional void in the country. Yeah, so that was just a brief uh, overview of Ethiopia's economy and uh, history at large. Um, so this uh, the following exploration is is conducted from a lot of sources we put on in in the show notes uh, from within Ethiopia and abroad, uh, but uh, to kind of critique Ethiopia's governance and how its economy has been run uh, during during its modern era, we're going to mainly look at a book called Ethiopia, a Tipping Point by an author called Ermias Amelga, who is an Ethiopian economist and entrepreneur. Um, he was born and raised in Ethiopia, and uh, but left the country for education in the 70s. Um, I found this quote very interesting for him, and uh, it's kind of descriptive of Ethiopia in general. Uh, so here's it. See, he said, Ethiopia is at a critical juncture in terms of where it's heading as a political entity, an economy and a people. The risks and stakes have never been higher and may even rise to the level of existentialism. Uh, this was from Ermias Amalga uh, from his book uh, Ethiopia Tipping Points. And, and another crucial fact about this book is was written in a jail cell in Ethiopia. Uh, he was arrested due to his, uh, entrepreneurial and the business activity there. In the second chapter of his book, uh, Amalga labeled Ethiopia as a fragile state, um, and uh, some symptoms of this fragility, uh, he gave is uh, security threats from organized non-state violence, the government's lack, lack the, the government's lack of legitimacy in the eyes of many citizens, the state's weakened capacity for essential function, uh, deep divisions in society, and uh, and the economy being weak and unemployment being very high. Uh, so ethiopia as a country has a lot of weaknesses and a lot of strength and uh as uh Amaga put it in his book uh some of its strengths are large youth pop- large young population a uh, big domestic market uh, as it being uh as it as Ethiopia having a, a population of 108 million uh development uh, develop- developmental state st- 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 uh, investment in infrastructure in recent years strategic p- geopolitical position large diaspora position uh, and a large soe asset asset pr- portfolio mm. um some of the weaknesses are a large that that large young population is mostly unemployed uh and uh it's a uh, as a country is, even though if it, it it has a very uh, very very strategic ge- geopolitical position, it is landlocked, which uh, makes it very difficult uh, for a country's growth, and uh, it's con- it, it, the country's terrain is it, it is also very difficult to kind of you know, have political control on. There's also a low state capacity pre-industrial economic structure as 80 percent of Ethiopia's population kind of relies on uh, agriculture. Uh, There is poor financial infrastructure and there is uh, the private sector is very weak and underdeveloped. Uh, Yeah and uh, as you can see it's uh, it's a very interesting case study uh, especially in Africa. and uh, if we look at uh, dr abi ahmed's new kind of uh econo- let's say economically pro- progressive uh, uh, administration they put uh ethiopia's constraints in uh, a specific uh key a specific and key productive sector uh which are in Ethiopia agriculture, manufacturing, mining and tourism of this. So in agriculture there is insufficient yield growth due to inefficient uh, provision of inputs and services, which is difficult with respect to landscape, these rights, limited investments and uh, and irrigation uh, market limited uh, investment, irrigation marketing and logistics, uh, and logistics, uh, and the lack of agricultural-specific financial services available to the population. In manufacturing, the constraints are remain remain that the remains underdeveloped, uh, the underdevelopment of the entire industry in the country. And uh, and its then recent efforts' failure to stimulate the sector due to inefficient incentive structures and limited and ba- ba- limited backward and forward linkages and insufficient incentives for production of imports and competit- uh, and competing activities. In mining, um, Ethiopia's vast and diverse mineral resources, with uh, the potential to generate the, uh, the much-needed foreign exchange, remain untapped due to uh, a variety of constraints, uh, including institutional and technical barriers uh, against large-scale mines, uh, absence of a legal framework to manage these mines uh, uh, and uh, and mining operations, and its relationship with local communities and the informality of pricing issues uh, related to uh, the mining industry. Uh, Tourism, while uh, this sector has maintained historical and cultural assets from centuries, sufficient efforts have not yet been made to leverage these assets for economic growth. Uh, Challenges include limited accessibility and attractiveness, insufficient marketing and branding and weak uh, supporting institutions uh, for the sector. Uh, and kind of crucial missing uh, elements for you know a productive growth for a country's economies include hard infrastructure where there's limited access to reliable electricity, limited access to affordable and reliable high speed internet and high co- cost uh, IT equipment in the country. And there is also kind of missing of an enabling system. There's lack of digital ID and poor digital payment systems in the country. Application, uh, the the country's uh, e-commerce system is very undeveloped. Finance is limited uh, for entrepreneurs and startups. Also limited, very limited to Ethiopia's urban core. Uh, For the people, uh, there is also Concerning uh, the people and the population, there is limited digital literacy and future uh, oriented advanced skills, uh, which uh, uh, was also key to mention that uh, it's lo- uh, the country is losing uh, due to uh, a flux of immigration out of the country where uh, most of its skilled laborers are not within the country, which we see uh, in countries uh, in countries. Uh, like uh, El Salvador and Guatemala due to uh, kind of political unrest in the country and police and regulation is another uh, another weakness in the country. The public sector monopoly in the telecom uh, telecom and energy restrictive regulations for new startups and traditional industrial policy may be, you know, ill-suited to innovation. Uh, so this kind of uh, uh, government control over everything is hindering Ethiopia's uh, economic growth. Uh, and that is the view of uh, the, the current Ethiopian administration under Abiy Ahmed. And the Abi Ahmed's vision we just discussed it wasn't just talk. We saw this implementation in the last two years since uh, he has risen to power. Um, so uh, yeah, some examples uh, he uh, uh, he proposed and uh, kind of uh, completed are the privatizing of some government-owned mega companies, which include the telecom sector, which uh, is being planned to be and announced to be privatized soon. Some industrial parks have been in, uh, privatized, and uh, there's also plan to uh, uh, plan and uh, initiative to introduce a stock mar- market in the country. Uh, there, there was also some amending of various government regulations to attract foreign investors, both direct and indirect. Um, and the, the, the also, key is the lift of loss, which limits the participation of diasporas on banking and the insurance sector. As I mentioned before, uh, uh, Ethiopia's skilled population is leaving the, has been leaving the country for the last three decades, and uh, th- this kind of uh, you know uh, relationship is important, uh, kind of, and uh, creating a homegrown economy. Uh, regarding that, there there is also the initiation of Ethiopia's uh, Diaspora Trust Fund, uh, established not not by the government itself or I Hamid, but by by big personalities of, uh, of Ethiopians who lived around the world. Uh, so there, uh, it has members from ninety three different countries, uh, with uh, about twenty six thousand donor, uh, donors in total. Uh, which shows you, you the amount of diaspora uh, Ethiopia ha- has uh, abroad. Uh, uh, we also saw this uh, this uh, this this goal of Abiy uh, Abiy uh, Abi Ahmed's uh, administration in completing government mega projects and kind of uh, uh, improving uh, uh, improving it. Their efficiencies. Uh, uh, th- these include rail, uh, the railway corp uh, with an estimated b- budget of 100 billion. Uh, this uh, is this includes two of the four lines complete two of the four lines which are already completed, uh, which are the Addis Abba city light railway and the Addis Abba uh, Djibouti railway, which uh, which is Ethiopia's main uh, entry to the sea. Um, there is also the Great Ethiopian Renaissance Dam. Uh, which you know with its complications uh, it's uh it's almost 78 percent done uh currently uh there are also new industrial parks uh which had an estimated budget of ethiopian bur, uh which are the completion of eight out of 20 of the planned ones uh, there is also a sugar corp which saw an increase in budget uh, and saw five of its ten uh industries completed uh uh yeah and we see these uh kind of progresses uh uh within uh within the current administration uh to uh for for the economy and also uh, it's crucial to mention that these these uh, these projects and this progress is being uh, uh is not hidden from the public so the public is aware of this growth which is important uh There's also, uh, um, as I mentioned, this uh, this need to develop a a homegrown economic plan, which is important politically and culturally for the you know the very uh, the Ethiopian population, uh, which prides itself of never being colonized. So, uh, uh, so having the big uh, you know economic. Having the big players in the economy being homegrown is crucial politically for uh, the current Abiy Ahmed administration. Uh, as you know, elections are being free and open. Uh, it's important uh, for the administration to keep that hold on power. Uh, and this uh, this uh, plan to develop a homegrown economy includes uh, encouraging domestic investors. Uh, the public at large with uh you know uh with 51 percent of share with uh, foreign foreign investors uh share being 49 percent. so this is a public private partnership uh, on the big products that we mentioned before and uh um there's there's also the initiative by the the administration called dine for ethiopia which is building an um, big eco tourism projects uh, all over the country some some notable ones are uh, in addisaba include entoto mountain park and uh, andinet park which is unity park which have been completed in 11 months so um, again showing that uh, fast growth in the country and uh, other notable ones are Wenji ecotourism park in the oromia region of the country gogora ecotourism par- uh, park in the amhara region and the Kosha ecotourism park in the southern region of the country so uh, yeah these uh, these you know this kind of this public uh, public and kind of sort of political uh, economic plans have been uh, distributed throughout the country uh, as we can see Yeah, so now we talked about visions uh, and economic progress, but uh, let's come back down to uh, reality a bit. Uh, so Ethiopia is currently a massive mess of politics, broken economics, uh, and very, very ugly social relations in the, in the country, uh, regard, especially regarding uh, ethnic, uh, ethnic violence in the country uh even currently there 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 are multiple ethnic conflicts in the country uh, and it's key to remember that this uh growth and this development uh needs a central and determining uh uh, determining and central uh, central and determining and a competent leadership and management uh, uh, from the government and when the government is Split uh, on, on, on these key issues and is also, you know, diploma, diplomatically pressured from abroad, including uh, pressure from the United Nations uh, on ethnic violence uh, and such uh, pressure from um, Egypt, w- w- which is a key ally to the West on regarding the the you know the Ethiopian Renaissance Dam. Uh, it, it is key to remember that. The reality on the ground in Ethiopia is very difficult and uh, this plan for development and uh, prosper isn't an easy one. Uh, let's go back to uh, Amalga and his book and he, he, he talks about privatization a bit uh, and uh, uh, he noted that privatization uh, at this level, as I mentioned, is no simple tax. Attracting you know, large sums of investment uh, and capital uh, requires a proportionate level of competence, skill and experience uh, within Ethiopia. Uh, and Ethiopia is lacking on this, uh, uh, these elements and must find uh, you know, a very creative and a quick solution to acquire uh, the capacity to attract uh, foreign uh, investors, both direct and indirect. And due uh, to uh, Ethiopia's public lack of knowledge about privatization uh, and, and its and, and its various uh, uh, very, various goods uh, could break, uh, there there is uh, numerous uninformed opinion uh broadcasted by the government itself and uh, people uh, and many public figures in the media about privatization privatizations and uh, this uh, th- this idea of privatization is a key one uh, and is a major initiative uh being focused on uh, focused on with uh, within its upcoming elections in june which uh many many are hesitant upon and uh, so this desirable uh, solution is not desired by the population. So it is kind of difficult to implement. And one of the key pillars of successful privatization, uh, pri- uh, successful privatization in a country is uh, you know, effective public relations. Uh, and this is lacking as we discussed. And uh, this uh, to change the tides around uh, requires clear and convincing uh, messaging of privatization programs Objectives, benefits, and challenges uh, uh, around the issue. Uh, Unfortunately, this isn't happening, and there is a gap here that needs to be filled quickly before uh, there is real damage done to the public's uh, perception and attitude toward the privatization. And uh, this is kind of uh, this uh, hesitance is kind of aided by uh, the current uh, political uh, struggle, let's say, in the Western world. uh uh, 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 uh uh you know this uh, hesitance of capitalism and privatization in the western world uh notable example being the united states um and yes yeah, secondly uh, a clear road map is needed to cre- you know to craft and initiate uh to initiate to address this problem because it, it, it is a, a difficult one to address since it's that uh, it's that economics at this point it is a it's a, a social problem with you know with a, a large population so it's key for the government to address uh, uh, a beyond its government if elected in June uh, to address this problem uh, in addition to uh, economic development itself. And uh, talking privatization frameworks uh, in the country uh, uh, objectives of a privatization framework should uh, should include securing foreign exchange to uh, rescue the struggling economy, uh, rebalance the economy's distorted balance of payments, uh, which uh, which is a, a root cause of uh, kind of the foreign currency uh, and foreign exchange crisis we talked about. Um, and rebalance the role of the state and market forces in directing the flow of resources and economic activity in the economy paving the way for greater efficiency and productivity Uh, build a strong private sector which can serve as a second engine for growth in addition to the state and the uh, the economy uh, needs two legs to stand on. Uh, notable examples of this uh, successfully working out uh, can uh, be seen south Southeast Asia India and China uh, this private sector acting like a, a, as a second a second engine uh, a, a, as Amaga mentioned here uh, attract uh, foreign direct inv- investment with uh, with its because of its associated benefits including uh you know a better foreign exchange uh, a technological progress and managerial capacity and um, uh Kind of this uh, modernity of, uh, of the economy uh, provide large pools of sustainable and non inflammatory non-debt investment capital for uh, for 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 you know homegrown home grown cap companies and individuals in the country, uh, and send a powerful message to global invest investment uh, investors. Uh, or, this can this can this also includes the the you know the, diaspora, the 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 large diaspora we talked about that Ethiopia is open for business. Uh, we saw a huge surge of diasporas going back to Ethiopia uh, in 2018, uh, and to, to continue seeing that is key uh, to uh, kind of balance this uh, uh, this uh, the balance uh, and uh, balance this idea of a uh, homegrown economy and uh some decision points for the for the government uh, as a put uh, is p- a public share offer direct salt to strategic investor majority versus uh, minority stake in, in uh, ma- major enterprises held by the government currently uh, the balance of foreign versus domestic investors uh, private privatization uh, process management uh, which ethiopia lacks in any sense uh, uh the government is highly inefficient uh, uh um, evaluation methodologies uh, uh this can include allowing foreign banks and foreign uh issuance companies and for foreign accounting firms into the country uh, privatization uh time frame uh, uh a gradual uh, privatization methodology or a, a big one uh um, it's a, it's a key decision to make uh, there. Uh, uh, target uh, the target finances and the, the target timing uh, of the, ma- the matter is also important to to, uh, to address. And uh, going back on that, uh, you know, public opinion on privatization and public concern. Uh, some some points to address can be corruption of private the privatization of the process uh or or how corruption can be avoided uh, in a privatized economy uh is also good kind of to address to the population uh there is uh, there there's a lot of corruption with ethiopia's government currently uh both at a higher level and at a lower level so it, it, it is important to address that uh since uh the population currently is wary of corruption Uh, within the government itself and uh, uh, this would make them worry of corruption when uh, when the economy is privatized also monopoly concerns should be addressed in the country Uh, public services uh, being compromised by profit driven private operations is also a concern for the population Mm -hmm. or let's say uh the the people in the political uh, s- circle of Ethiopia that uh, that that are uh, that are uh, more towards the political left, uh, and uh, this uh, this should be uh, included in the planning of the you know uh, this privatization framework, and um, yeah, uh, the idea of la- labor reduction and labor labor rights in the country is should be also addressed uh, um also important is national pride and sovereignty being sold to foreign investors uh as i mentioned uh, prior this this uh idea of uh, nationalism uh these days uh ethnic based nationalism is very sophisticated in ethiopia so uh It is a big concern and a big decision point for the government to address. In addition to privatization, other focuses of the government should be providing citizens with universal basic services as public goods, uh, kind of addressing the problem we have about uh, the, the population's concern about privatization. Uh, we see these, uh, this uh, service being provided by governments in many uh, European economies, uh, let's say uh, sc- Scandinavian ones in specific, uh, that could uh, help alleviate some of the concern of the population. Uh, uh, and uh, another one is uh, enabling digital transformation uh, in Ethiopia. So. Uh, this is especially uh, relevant in developing economies around the world, um, and in Africa specifically. Uh, as Amogha puts it in his book, that uh, pol- policymakers in uh, developing countries sense the digital, the, the digital to the digital economy to be some kind of uh, powerful phenomenon building around them, and realize that it is going to be a key to their economic futures. However, appropriate conceptual frameworks that can guide developing countries to make meaningful policy choices and this regard do not exist if developing countries are to benefit from these strong economic and social changes they must first be able to frame the nature of the phenomenon from their specific context context and interests uh, and Amolga adds digital transformation has come to has come to a good time for many developing countries, experiences a big surge in the number of educated and aspiring youth seeking to break away from the traps of poverty and underdevelopment for themselves and their societies. The current digital ferment can trigger a new entrepreneur entrepreneurial energies and cultures to uh, helping shape a new phase in economic and social development we are currently witnessing the first stage of economic uh, reorganization around digital platforms ecosystems covering sectors like shopping transportation transportation and travel uh, travel travel and accommodation booking and finance similar changes will soon come to all uh, all other sectors from manufacturing uh, and agriculture to health and education uh, initial developments are already uh, discernible in all these areas. In a cloud-based model, the infrastructure for digital transformation is rented, which means low upfront cost. Just as the factory was the key site around which value chains were organized in the industrial society, in, digital so- in a digital society, uh, this central role is performed by digital platforms. If done appropriately, economic reorganization around this central digital economy, economic institution, provide very high efficiencies and value. Cloud computing infrastructures provide computing power and processes, including software, platforms, and applications, on a cloud as a general service. Computing needs in the digital age change too quickly for it to be advisable to remain stuck with infl- inflexible uh, on-premise, stuff, on-premise software and application. Further, especially for smaller players, the amount of computing power required may be too high to own privately. This infrastructure layer at, at, at present is being serviced by global corp- corporations, mostly US-based. Availability of diverse and high-quality cloud services is key for developing digital capabilities in all countries. Such technologies, serv- uh, ser- technology services are not easy to develop uh, uh, to develop domestically. A single global market enables economies of scale, profits from which are invested in maintaining cutting-edge quality. Disruptive technologies, because of digital transformations, have the potential to meet Africa's development needs enabling the different countries to be amongst some of the fastest growing economies. Digital transformation is impacting people's everyday, everyday lives and has the power to transform communities and even whole economies in Africa. Tech startups represent a new wave of entrepreneurship with, which if appropriately harnessed can be can usher in, in a high, highly efficient digital economy, spiking economic growth and development. The introduction of the OmniCloud platform in partnership with Alibaba will create a new pillar of Ethiopian Ethiopias technology infrastructure, no less important than many roads, bridges and dams that are being built. OmniCloud will provi- provide the digital technology and infrastructure and more mobile phone-based platforms, applications and services that will be a force-disrupting and transforming old analog-based business models and industries in, in Ethiopia. The OmniCloud platform will enable the creation of new innovations, businesses, and industries that will empower Ethiopia's modernization, and growth, and development. Uh, talking about the OmniCloud uh, platform, Amalga uh, mentions here, he is talking about a partnership between Ethiopia's government and Alibaba to uh, uh, to create this platform to uh, e- e- enable a digital uh, digital economy for for Ethiopia. So we talked about you know a lot of subjects uh, subjects here, uh, but and that is a big. But this all needs good governance. Uh, good governance uh, governance requires both good intent and adequate capacity. And at the highest level of the of Ethiopian government, the uh, Ethiopian governments of uh, of uh, past time and currently, uh, there has been a major deficit in both intent and capacity. Both the military junta, the uh and the EPRDF prior to, uh, you know, this kind of this progressive revolution of Abiy Ahmed in 2018 were very dictatorial, uh, whose primary agenda was retaining power uh, over the country, uh, which isn't a good, uh, which isn't an ideal uh, model of good governance. Uh, And the idea of a, a strong economy wasn't even on the, the uh, agenda of these, uh, the governments. Uh, add this to an inbred party loyalty based, uh, based cadre, uh, administ- administrators at all level, cadre meaning uh, uh, very politically focused, you know, this idea of party loyalty over country loyalty or uh, party loyalty over any, any sort of reasoning. Uh, is the case in Ethiopia's government. Uh, and also, uh, there is a lack of accountability and corruption within the government, both at our lower level and a higher level, uh, which requires addressing by the current administration or future one if it changes uh, in June, which is, which is not likely. Uh, so Ethiopia has been carrying this burden for, uh, for a long time. And it is key for for Abi's government to address this. Uh, yeah, so good governance is key here. Everything we mentioned in this in uh, this podcast uh, 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 requires good governance and good vision. Uh, we see this in Abi Ahmed, uh, 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 but you know, uh, you know. It's still, me uh, Abiy is a spark. We, uh, the 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 government needs a big wake up call, uh, and um, kind of the same people that run the country for the past thirty years uh, under TPLF and EP, EPRDF remains within the government. We just saw, uh, you know, uh, the presidential cabinet and uh, the the prime minister change. Uh, so it is key for for the Abis, uh Abis, dr. Abby to address this uh, this situation and this uh, this need for good governance yeah so in this podcast we talked uh, about all the highs and lows of the Ethiopian economy, and in a sense, the Ethiopian government. Uh, yeah, so it's keep to keep uh, key to keep in mind that you know there is a bright light at the end of the tunnel, even if the tunnel is miles long. Uh, mi- miles long, uh, there still is a bright light for Ethiopia. Um, its position as uh, kind of this leader of Africa, the new generation of Africa, the post-colonial, colonial Africa, is you know key to remember, and Ethiopia's success is Africa's success. Ethiopia is a leader in many ways of uh, the African continent. You know, the African Union sits in Ethiopia, so it, it is important for uh, you know for the prosperity of Ethiopia. Uh, uh, for the prosperity of Ethiopia uh, to to uh, to happen, in order to lift uh, the entire African economy, to, uh, due to you know its uh, leadership in Africa, um, even though you know the government's leadership in its own country has been lackluster, uh, it, its uh, its standing on the continent has been a very good one, and it has maintained good relationship relationships uh, with, uh, with you know many countries uh, many big countries around the world uh it has good relationship with, with all you know the big powers the united states china and uh, russia so uh, it is key to bring this good, good this good management of power uh within the country itself so yeah it has been uh, you know a very interesting uh, you know, case study of, uh, of economics and uh, we wish Ethiopia uh, uh, the best of luck and uh, I hope you all have learned a lot uh, about Ethiopian, you know, Ethiopian politics and uh, economics uh, and thank you for uh, tuning in for the last 40 minutes or so and uh, um, have a nice day.